Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson, right here on 101.9 High FM. I'm High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Linksfield Chul. It is a privilege and an honor to be here with you on this Tuesday, 30th of January, the 20th of Shvat. Hope you're well. Hope you're healthy. Hope you're... I hope we all are holding ourselves together and containing, not only containing, building. When the world outside feels a bit liquid, then the world inside has to become more solid, right? If the world around you is solid, then even if you're a bit of a liquid, fluid character that's not necessarily strong, you'll be built up by the surrounding, um, by what there is outside. But when the world outside is chaotic, then the only answer to that is to build ourselves stronger than ever, to build our values, to understand what we believe, more importantly, to do the right things, get into the right habits and build ourselves so that we can weather this, right? When the world outside's a flood, you go into the ark, not, not, not as a declaration of selfishness, but as a declaration that I have to build myself up um, so that I can face the challenges of this world. Although the radio show, the Fabringen that we do on Tuesdays is not a Parsha year, once in a while something in the Torah portion really screams out um, in the context of where the Fabringen is supposed to, is going to evolve to. And something about this week's Torah portion, it's the famous Ten Commandments. That's really the heart of the Torah portion, at least the second half. And what's startling, there's many things startling about the Ten Commandments, but one of the things that's startling, the way I'm interpreting it now, you see, every year you could read the Parsha, but based on where the world's at and based on where you're at, you'll highlight certain things, certain things will call out more than others um, based on the person that's reading it, um, which is a whole topic on its own. But one of the things that's calling out to me this year is really the idea that so many of these commandments are individualistic. They're not global things. Go change the world, influence the universe, save the planet, and global hunger. And some of this stuff is pretty noble, I'd say. In, in some ways, all of them are. They're very individualistic. First of all, the way God talks. He's not talking in the plural. See, because in Hebrew, it's you don't say you when you're talking to 100 people or one person. In English, you can't tell if I'm talking to one person or 100 because I'm saying you. But in Hebrew, it's different. It's either I am God, your God, in a singular, elokecha, or Elokechem, I'm your God in the plural. But the Ten Commandments is written individual, so God starts. Anochi Hashem Elokecha, I am the God who took you, the individual, out of Egypt. I am your God, etc. And all the commandments are written individualistic. They're written to one person. They're not in uh, plural. Otherwise, it would literally change the whole... Um, many of the words would change. In Hebrew, it literally would change from thou shalt not kill lo tirzach. It would be lo tirzachu or uh, lo tignovu. But everything's individualistic. 
And when you focus even, you know, you go down deeper into it, you see that out of the Ten Commandments, only three of them are thou shalls. There are seven thou shall nots. Right? Let's quickly review the Ten Commandments. Commandment number one, I am God your God, which is, the truth is, it's neither a thou shall nor thou shall not, but let's put it in the thou shall. In other words, I am the God your God, remember that kind of thing. Fine. Or leave it neutral. Number two, have no other God. That's a thou shall not. Don't carry God's name in vain. Thou shall not. The next two are pretty much the only two other than number one. They're the only two positive mitzvahs, which means thou shalt. And they are keep the Shabbos, remember the Shabbos, and um, honor your father and mother. That's it. Then the next five are thou shalt not. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal slash kidnap. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet what somebody else has. So the, the whole second section of five are all thou shalt not. And as we said, number one is kind of ambivalent. It's more a statement. I am God, your God. There's different ways to interpret it. And the only real two that are thou shalt are not that thou shalt change the world and thou shalt impact and thou shalt lessen. Very private. Honor your father and mother and keep the Shabbos. And our sages explain, because fundamentally, that's where the Jewish people start. We start as a nation by building ourselves, and slowly but surely, as we build, as we build healthy families, where children respect their parents, where they have Shabbos, and where they have Shabbos dinners, and where they unite together, and they take a break from the world, slowly but surely, they build healthy living. They build a, a, a morally and emotionally healthy home fabric, and that extends outward. So at the time that we're in now, where so many people are taking strain from the outside world, the question I have to ask myself is how rich and how healthy is my inside world? Or am I allowing the outside world to fray and pull and open up and unravel my inside world? Because when the world outside is liquid, we have to be more solid than ever. We have to build. Just like the Jewish people entering the desert and God saying, come on, let's build you up. Keep the Shabbos. Take a day off. Honor your father and mother. Even if you don't like them, this and that, honor them. Respect where you come from. Respect your legacy. Respect the, the, the people who brought you into this world, the partners who brought you into this world. Basic human decency and kindness and empathy and, and build family. And don't commit adultery and keep the family unit together and don't steal and don't kill. And most of this stuff is very, very individual. Be a good person. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is, am I focusing inward or am I so stressed out about outside events, local, international things that are happening to our nation all over the world, local, international. Am I so stressed that my inside world is literally disintegrating? Am I a mess? Over three months after October 7th, am I building myself back up? Or am I as stressed and as they say in Yiddish, 
as ever. And I would argue that it's our time to, to re regain and rebuild more than ever our insights, our solid perspective, our, our good habits, healthy homes, and understand that we don't see the bigger picture. And that's really where I want to go to the, for the rest of the show is to see the bigger picture. And if we don't see it, at least to believe God does. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson, and you were just listening to this beautiful song called Conversation in the Womb. And if you weren't following or if you just tuned in then, I want to explain that song. Uh, if you listen to the whole song, I think it's self-explanatory, but it's worth repeating. Basically, it's an imaginary conversation between twins in their mother's womb. And one twin believes that there is a world to come, that this is not all there is. They're locked up in this cozy, but uh, in their mother's womb. And th there's no expansiveness. It's pretty tight. And they're the only two people there. And that's all it is. It's dark and cold. And uh, he's convinced of something else. I believe there's a world to come. And the other twin is saying, are you kidding me? It's nice to have imagination, but this is all there is. This is, this is all you're going to get. This is as good as the world's ever going to get for you. And then one of the twins is being born, and the believing one. And suddenly the twin that's stuck inside for the next minute or two, he's panicking. He says, my brother, like, you're gone. Huh? It's over. It's all dark. And the brother says, are you kidding me? Everyone's screaming and saying, congratulations, Mazel Tov. And they'll be saying Mazel Tov in a minute for you as well. And this was given as an analogy. It's an old analogy to our perspective on life itself. We live in this universe, and this is all there is for many of us. The world to come is an abstraction. The fact that every person that's ever lived has gone to a different world, to a different dimension, is hard for us, right? We're human beings. And we live within time-space continuum. We can only understand things that fit within time and space. And even if we can't understand other things, some things at least we could grasp, right? I don't necessarily grasp how um, the internet works, but I could see it. I could see I have a modem. It picks up energy. I have a TV. It's picking up the signals. So even though I can't see it, I could grasp at least the concept on a basic level. I can't, very few people, if anyone could un really understand how electricity works, but I'm talking in a microphone, which is connected to a laptop, which there's no blood shedding right now, so you're able to hear me. <laughs> and uh, it's all good, right? But what happens when there's something that's beyond our dimension of time and space, and we literally cannot grasp it, like the idea that there's other dimensions, the idea of soul? So some people have this intuition. Some people are more spiritual in nature, and they have this intuition that it's all true and it's all beautiful, and that's where the truth is. But people who are not necessarily spiritual in nature are more what they would call realist or pragmatic or other fancy words they would use, would struggle with that. And to be a believing person is to believe not only in the world to come, the place that we go to after 120, it's to believe that that world to come, in other words, that dimension of invisible, that dimension that transcends time and space, which is spirituality and ultimately God, exists and is not a sideshow, it's the show. That we are the ones that are blind, they're the ones that are seeing everything, right? People who have out-of-body experiences, near-death experiences will say they, they get to see this 
huge expanse, which they were limited to see as long as they were having flesh eyes, eyes you know, the eyes of the human being living um, within a body of flesh. They were limited. But we think we're the ones that are limitless, right? We're the human being. We could reach the moon. We can take over the world. Um, we can do all crazy stuff. We can even post very profound 30-second videos on TikTok of doing some stupid dance. Like we're really advanced civilization to a place, right? But the truth is that we're the blind ones. And although we try to make sense in this world, we listen to pundits and we turn on the TV and we listen and we read op-eds and we're trying to get the wisdom out there for people to tell us, what does the future hold? Please tell me. I'm desperate to know. What does the future hold? Enlighten me. I believe there was research done. I think I read it in one of Gladwell's books. Research done that they, um, they checked professionals professional sport forecasters, business forecasters, um, political forecasters, basically all the predictions they've given, um, and to see how many times they are right. What percent of predictions that our pundits share on TV or in, in their op-eds actually materialize into, into true uh, reality? And guess what? A smashing 50% success rate. That's how well they do. They 50% of the time, which basically means they might as well flip a coin. That's how off they are because getting it right 50% of the time, one out of two times is basically flipping a coin. And yet we crave, we crave the certainty that someone's going to give us, please, what's going to happen to South Africa in five years? What's going to happen to the world and who's going to win the elections? And what's going to happen in the United States and what's going to happen in Israel and Please tell me the future. I want to plan. I want to know where to build my family. I want to know where to move to. I want to know where the future holds. Until the person realizes at some stage, most of that's unknown. Yes, we have to do the best we can. But the best we can is not nearly as much as we think it is. We overstate our own importance and we understate how God runs this world. Almost nobody predicted what the world would look like today, 10 years ago. I'm not that old, but I remember Y2K. I remember the year 2000. And like the new millennia was coming after the 90s. The 90s was the time of hope. Communist China, uh, Russia was, was a bygone. Um, Islamic terrorism hadn't really taken over the world yet. Um, it was before the second intifada in Israel. It was, it wasn't perfect, but there was like, wow, this world, we, we finally figured it out. I believe a book came out in the 90s that I forgot the title, where basically the argument of the book was um, that finally civilization has won barbarism and we are, we're streamrolling ahead straight into an era of democracy and peace. And yes, in many ways, the world is better than it ever was. But let's be honest, in terms of the world's ideas and the world of behavior and self-destruction, this quarter of a century to now 2024, we're basically a quarter way through the 21st century. I'd say that humanity has buggered it up in many ways. I think we've been giving gifts like never before, technology, medicine, 
um, access to information and to share information, social media, all those stuff had great potential. But on the most part, many of it has been really messed up by many people. So any of us predicted this 25 years ago? No. And if you, you agree, you'll argue you were fine, let's be honest, the majority of people didn't. Nobody knows where the world goes. Because fundamentally, there's the God aspect and there's the human aspect, which means that the human being has an incredible talent of uh, taking things which are beautiful and totally unraveling them. Some of the ideas out there today in the world are beyond pathetic, make absolutely no sense. Extreme left ideology, extreme right ideology, the point is we can unravel it. So, and yet we crave certainty. Please give me certainty. Tell me what's going to happen. Uh, please give me, give me the courage. Give me the answers. And my argument today is, it's not my job to know all the answers. I can't spend my whole present worried about the future, which no one knows about. The present, right now. Taking out all the anxiety of the future. Is my present life okay? Say thank you. Be grateful. Embrace it. Live it. I was thinking, I was, you know, talking to a group of people yesterday. I said, I imagine after 120, when we come up to heaven and we come up to God, one of the first questions is God's going to ask us. Again, this is, I can't prove it. Take it or leave it. But this is what I feel, especially those of us who are blessed to live in South Africa. God's going to look at us and going to say, why did you quench so much? Why did you quench so much? Like, yeah, there was challenges, but all in all, life was okay. No, but you don't understand. It was so stressful. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? But the future, but five years' time, but three years' time, but 10 years' time, but the 2024 election, the 2029 election, and God looking at us and saying, like, why couldn't you just live? But, but, but what do you mean? But, but we have to make sure to plan for the future. Yes, you do, but that's a part of life. The majority of day is a, it's living in the present, celebrating the present. I wonder how many Friday night tables last week here around South Africa were full of stress and what happens now. It's ironic that politics has such a strong hold on our Friday night meals. Friday night meals are supposed to be the safe zone. They're supposed to be the place that's perfect. Ba'a Shabbos, Ba'a Menucha, Shabbos comes, peace comes. And the Friday night meal is, should be a time of the two of us alive. The, the few of us around the table celebrating life, talking words of Torah, words of love and connection and forgiveness and, and inspiration and learning. Shouldn't it be a safe zone? Don't we all need to build ourselves from within instead of spending every moment predicting and giving prophecies? I remember this guy in the community sitting me down. This was in 2018. Sits me down at the shul, absolute confidence, because he knows. God obviously showed up to him that night. What do I know? Looks at me in the eye and says, Rabbi, three years for this country. Three years. And then, of course, he has to add, and I've been here longer than you, so I know. I always find that very patronizing, but like based on how long you've lived here, that's how much you, you're entitled to predictions. But okay, fine. Three years. 
Okay, if you say so. I mean, how am I to argue? Three years? Six years later, were both of us still here? Three years. As if, like, we have to know the future. We have to. I'm telling you this person's winning the election, and I'm telling you this is happening, and I'm telling you this is happening, instead of saying, just live. Yes, once in a while, have those conversations, but not every time there's a little or a big bump do I suddenly have to unravel myself. Okay. I don't know many things about life, and, I, and maybe I'm actually shooting myself in the leg because I just said um, I don't believe in predictions, but I'm going to say a prediction anyway. I believe the South African community will still be here in 20 years' time. I'm very confident it will be. I don't know how large it will be because that's very much dependent on who chooses to stay or leave, but it'll be here. And that certainty for me means like, okay, so I don't have to worry about now. I don't have to make any decisions now. We'll be here. We'll figure it out. Because I believe in God. And I believe that this place is blessed. The people here are beautiful and amazing. And this place is blessed. But my friends, I really feel like we could just chill out on the predictions. Chill out on the need for certainty. And rather embrace the unknown. It's okay. I don't know. And to, pre to bring that point out, I want to uh, share a song. It's called Crack of Dawn, which basically the, the idea is that just before dawn breaks, it's the darkest part of the night. And sometimes when it feels so dark, one option is run, and one option is wait, because five minutes from now, dawn breaks. This is 101.9 High FM, and this is Crack of Dawn. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 High FM. The crack of dawn, right? We believe that uh, just before the dawn cracks, it's the darkest part of the night. And sometimes when it's, it feels helpless, it's the moment of incredible birth of something amazing. And yet we spend so much of the time in the darkness, in the night, terrified, like a young child who's scared of the night. Understandably. But don't you wish you could tell your young child, if they were open to listen, that don't worry, night isn't so scary. And the morning's coming. There's always a dawn. There's always a dawn. And yet while we're in it, we forget it, right? Once it's over, it's a nice story to tell. We'll tell our kids stories of times we lived in that were challenging. And after that, it's a great narrative and maybe even movie material. But the question is, while we're actually living in it, do we find the strength? And that starts, goes back to where we started the show, the Fabringen, and that is build ourselves from within. Build ourselves up to be able to face this world and its challenges, to build up our faith, to build up our knowledge that Yesh Balabais Labirazu, there is a master of this home. There's a master of this world. There is a God who knows best. And when a person can live with that level of faith, which is actually not the highest level, there are much higher levels. It's a basic standard of faith. If someone could work on that faith, then they could navigate this world with more serenity, not wobbling all the time as if we're on a 
tumultuous sea, although it feels that way. You could be in your ark while the sea is going crazy and still survive and still thrive and still build the future. Sometimes I just wonder if the level of anxiety we allow ourselves to live under is sustainable. Have to take it down a notch. To be able to live with a certain serenity on good days and on bad days. To be able to live with a certain clarity and, and can't have every single piece of news totally whack us out. LL's closing down flights, panic. IJC ruling, panic. Cricket, panic. They're hectic, I'm not denying it, I'm not making for one second belief that none of these are consequential, or inconsequential, they definitely are consequential, but panic? I, I was listening last night to the um, Zoom discussion from many of the organizations here in the community, and I applaud them because while they were absolutely, you know, straight out about the challenges, there was also a deep feeling of hope and resilience and we'll get it through. And had the responsibility to not throw more panic at a community. And I would encourage us all before we forward an, a Facebook post or an Instagram post or a WhatsApp that will send people down a spiral to breathe and say, okay, do I really have to? I mean, the LL, it was a perfect example. First of all, we found out that a big part of it, well, at least if not the majority of the story was economic, but even let's say it was political. There it is just before Shabbos and everybody's forwarding bad news to each other. Why? Have we not had a hard week already? Allah shutting down in a few months' time. Do we really have to find out just before Shabbos? No, but I have to know. We have to know. No, we don't have to know everything right away. There's no mitzvah. I don't believe God will come and the first question he'll ask us when we show up there in heaven will be, did you know the news the moment it was published or even before it was published? Did you belong to special WhatsApp groups where the information was shared before it was released? How lucky. Whoa, you really go straight to heaven. You're really the champion of all champions. Ridiculous. I don't have to know everything. I could, I could live in some form of serenity. Not because I want to, because I need to. Because my kids cannot live a stressed out life because dad is stressed all day and panicked and worried. And my kids deserve to have Friday night meals that they're going to remember, not just Friday night meals that they're going to dread. One day they'll be like, oh, why do I want to have a Friday night meal? That's where we get to talk all the politics and all the anxieties come up. We need to build arcs, arcs that we can shelter ourselves away from the chaos. That's not a bad thing. That's not being selfish. It's understanding that the best thing I could do for the Jewish world right now is build myself and those around me. And then I, if I have any more energies beyond, extend to the wider community, extend to our brothers and sisters in Israel all over the world. But first and foremost, build myself. Rebuild myself, build up my own foundations, my own core, solidify my values, my faith, my connection, my marriage, and my parenting, and my friendships, so that I can face the challenges. 
because we all need to hold hands together. We all need to s strengthen ourselves. You see it in the end of the Torah, just before the Jewish people are about to go into the land, the Holy Land with Joshua, over and over, the words, be strong and be courageous. And then after Moshe passes in the book of Joshua, as the Jewish people are about to enter the land, I think in the first chapter of Joshua, three or maybe even four times, the words are said to Joshua, be strong and be brave. Be strong and be brave. Over and over and over. Be strong and be brave. That's what we need. We're going into new territory. We're going into a, a new world that maybe we don't recognize. It's still God's world. It's never not God's world. But it's a world that maybe feels unfamiliar. Okay, so fear. We can acknowledge that. We can feel the anxiety. But then we have to be there for each other and remind each other. Be strong and be brave. We can do this. We are able. We will be able to conquer it. This challenge is not beyond us. Right? The famous story of the spies that come to the Jewish people back after checking out the land of Israel. And they say, no, we can't do this. We can't do this. Israel's too scary. It's too, the, the land is too much. The people over there are giants. They're terrifying. And Joshua and Caleb, the two spies who stay true, Yeshua and Caleb, they come back and they say, we can do this. This is within our capacity. We are able to conquer. We are stronger than you think. Don't put yourself down. Don't make yourself feel like a grasshopper if you can be as tall as a giant. And I believe that's the message that all of us in leadership positions or just friends, we have to all be telling to each other over and over and over, especially in our times, we can do this. We're made of solid stuff. We can face this challenge. We can come out stronger. We are better than them. We are stronger than them. We are God on our side. We will be okay. Cut that anxiety by half. Read. Enjoy special moments. Keep Shabbos sacred. In other words, keep the Friday night meal special. Spend time with your family. Don't be on TV and on, the, and, and on social media all day, every day. Spend time that's sacred. Yes, life is hard, but it doesn't have to be as hard as we're allowing it to be. We don't have to allow all the hardships on the outside to totally fragment us from the inside. We're strong. We'll be okay. We will be victorious when we're together, together with each other and together within ourselves. We will build ourselves up. We will be so much stronger. I know it. Not because I'm a prophet, but because I know what we're made of. And I know history. And I know where history leads to. Eventually it leads to the best of times, Mashiach. And it leads eventually to the win of righteousness over evil. The win of decency over corruption. The road is bumpy. Yeah, we know that. But never for a moment do we have to hesitate our direction, our faith, and our homeland. We're stronger. We're better. And no one will break us. This is 101.9 High FM. I'd like to finish off with a song just after the ad. Just like you, a powerful song, a meditation on life itself. Have a great day.